What's up, guys? Hey. How you doing? The R&D tech team. Boots the R&D crew. That is us. Yeah, that's what we do. Uh, Henry, Alex, why don't you guys introduce yourself? Oh, well, I'm Alex. I do uh, R&D for Athena. Pretty much boots on the ground, running the test for uh, Henry, Brandon, whatever products they send my way. Field technician extraordinaire. <laughs> um, uh, I'm uh, Henry Canby. Hydra Henry on uh, Instagram. Um, I do many things, but one of the main things I do is is um, is research and development. So that's mainly what we're going to cover today. I also do some of the sourcing, and then R and D follows into quality assurance from there because we source it clean, and then I've got to make sure it is clean and good once it gets here. Yeah, research and development in our industry is the cornerstone of where everything happens. You know, without without you guys collecting the data and doing running these trials, you know, in small gardens, which they move into scale and true side by sides and collecting the data, um, we don't progress. Like we don't get better. Like we don't you know, the, it's stays stagnant and the quality stays the same or problems stay the same. Yeah. You can't rest on your heels with it. You've always got to be in the pursuit of what's better than what you're doing now, because if you're not, someone else is, you know, someone else is trying to make it better, cheaper, faster to, to produce cannabis at scale, really. And I mean, originally there was a lot of bro science, but we're trying to take bro science and turn it into real science. Now we're going to, we're going to take, you know, what used to happen, the, you know, the spirit of what used to happen in everybody's little trap and how they would share information because it still has to be grower driven. Like a lot of our best ideas still come out of, you know, grower need or want, but we need to, our job is to translate that into, okay, yes, we can deliver that to you easily. Um, we have to quantify why it's going to work and then test it and demonstrate that it has worked all with numbers. Numbers don't lie, you know? And so we'll, here's where we take the concept and then we translate it into to data that can prove w- what the product does. I think it's important that it's not just a product. It's, it's a procedure as well. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of the, the magic of a lot of these things is, is technique. It's a lot like, you know, there is, it's still art and science blended, you know, a lot like, you know, a French chef, if you give them the same ingredients as a guy off the street, they can always come up with a better meal and it's, because of technique. And so that's where we have to blend the product with the SOP. And that SOP has to be vetted and proved through the jungle boys, through, you know, our FA staff who, that's a tough crowd. It's a tough crowd to get anything by these guys. Um, There's many years of, and many reason for people to be skeptical of what, you know, nutrient companies, you know, hydroponic companies in general, just like, hey, let's, sell something more to these same people and people are tired of that. So we want to just make sure we're always sticking to the core of, of a product that makes it easier, 
more efficient and better for the grower who's in there every day. Yeah, I think that's what you guys have done well is uh, partner the procedure with the product and then back it with data and testing from cult- small cultivators and as essentially the Jungle Boys. And then to release that procedure with that product um, and guide the guide the customer or the grower to success. Yeah, that's why we don't just come up with a product and send it out right away. It's like we spend the time doing the research, sending people out, sending uh, trials out to people and Jungle Boys and myself, just testing it out every day, finding out the kinks, making sure to make those better, changing it, changing it at the end of the day. Sometimes yeah, it might mean, just get crossed out. Yeah, no one, I mean... Uh, just if you, even if you look back at podcasts, you can look back at where we were six months ago, eight months, a year ago with these podcasts and what we're talking about. And even between then and now, we've already developed products to fill holes that we were talking about. I was listening to, to Roach, Chris Duran, Mobile J, that one where we were talking about calcium. And since then, we've developed a product that will add more calcium at the end while removing nitrogen. Like the exact problem we talked about, growers were talking about it and what we were doing to solve it. And then we, we plug a product in there that is not only just fills that need, it also can be, you know, sourced and delivered to the client in a, in an efficient and cost effective manner. With a guide on how to use it. Yeah. And that's, that is it like the product isn't anything. If you just put, you know, fertilizer in people's hands and they do the same old thing with it, like they're not going to get any better. Like the, the magic is in combining the proper technique with the proper product. And I think that that's a lot of what has been missing, you know, from this side, because I came from ag and had to come to this side. And then I had sort of two educations. I had, you know, what everybody from the ag side was telling me, what everybody from the cannabis side, and I was always conflicted and in the middle. And now we're, we're bridging that because we're taking the techniques that make it work and pairing it with a product. When, when we start a new product, what is the kickoff on research and development? Like, how does it all start? Um, it starts one of two ways. The, the funnel either comes in where a product is born out of necessity in the grow, and then we're going to have to figure out how to, how to f- fix that problem. Um, example would be Balance Pro, which Roach was having problems with injectors clogging. So we developed Balance Pro, which doesn't clog his Venturis on his Netaflex system as much. And lo and behold, it's a cheaper product, et cetera. So that, that comes out of that. And others we have, you know, because now we've had some success, we have a bunch of people sending us like the newest, greatest thing that's supposed to make a difference. And that a lot of time just goes nowhere. It's like 10 to one versus out of these, like 50% of these products, you know, and then coming to think about it out of all the products people have sent us, we haven't came out with one. No. No, and, 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 and a lot of it's just because I go to our, our partners that we work with, like sort of for that initial trial, um, you know, if we, if we back up to like, how does the research trial kick off? Like starts with an idea, then we have a product and then I go out to, you know, our, our, our 
trusted sources for information. Basically, all of our most cynical growers that we've all known for years. Now, some of them are our facility advisors, you know, Max Britt, who's Dankum's Hunter, Dylan Knapp, who is Minton Master. Um, we've also been working with um, Chris at Ghost Budsters. There's, there's a lot of these people that have um, places that can try this in a controlled environment that's smaller and give us real feedback. So it has to pass that phase first. Then once we've gotten it past these people, they're seeing a difference and they, they really work on the qualitative differences. Okay. Does this product make a difference in my workflow? Like this improves the quality of my life as a grower or this proves the quality of my bag, you know, cause the, the real bag price that may like that we want to change the difference in is, is your final product sales price up and you know, more frost, more terpenes, more smell, you know, that's what I'm getting from that group. And then once that works, then we go about getting the quantitative data that backs that up too. So then I'll take it to the Jungle Boys. Uh, we have one room there where once we have vetted products that we know are, you know, going to give us some benefit, we can go there and get data. And that room is specifically for running one thing versus the normal SOPs of the Jungle Boy. So everything else feeds half the room and then one half the room, I have a reservoir and that's the only thing that changes is the input in the reservoir, Jungle Boys control the environment, control the irrigation, the frequency, the pruning, everything. The only thing that's different in that room is the fertilizer input. So one change at a time. One change at a time. Otherwise, your data, you don't know what's making a difference. And then that room, after we, the whole time, Alex is collecting data. Um, we're getting runoff data. We're doing tissue tests. We're, we're testing the EC of what's in both sides of the feed to verify that we're feeding them the same things on both sides. We're, we're going to, I think it's what, like 11 points, a dozen oh, points yeah. of data Making that we sure. collect as the grow is going on. And then at the end, the real test is, is um, testing the flower at the end. We test for total cannabinoids, um, terpenes, and really we're looking for differences in, in terp count and THC count out of a product as well as weight. You know, we can't take that as a benefit and lose the other. So it's got to check off all the boxes. Um, once the room is done and finished, we collect three random samples from either side if there's two strains, six, six if there's two strains, but usually we do one strain versus another only to keep the variables, you know, as even as possible. And then each of those three samples are sent to Belcosta Labs where they do analysis for, for all of the, um, you know, the scores on THC, all the terpene scores, and then they do a moisture test to make sure that everything's fair, that we don't have one dry sample, one wet sample. Why do, you, why do you guys do the moisture test on top of everything? Um, that's for fairness, because if you take the same material and you dry it out, um, it tricks the test into thinking that there was, you know, because that's lighter and now you've stuffed more cannabinoids and more terpenes into that same weight. Okay. Cause, cause water weighs a lot. So to make sure that the tests are comparable to each other, you want to make sure that the moistures are consistent or within a, you know, one or two standard deviations of the other, you know, because then it's a fair test because I could, 
you know, you the people have learned like you can manipulate these tests by drying out your weed or giving more moist weed can, you know, change the results drastically. So Alex, when you're taking a lot of these data points, you're you're there in the room. How often are you taking these data points on frequency? Oh, I'm in there three days a week, making sure to get at least our VPD charts written out for every week that we're there, getting temperature, humidity, runoff input data that we have as opposed for both sides we got to make sure we're collecting the data for each side to make sure that we're all running consistently on the whole room i know that there's been some trials where you've measured internode spacing stock thickness a root count root development um you've measured um the height of the plant compared i mean how are you tracking all these data points Oh, we're just making spreadsheets, Excel spreadsheets, Google spreadsheets, and that's where we would have keep all these internodal spacings, height, girth of the stem, and then we're able to just track it with those. Yeah, and then we could like chart that data out so you can see it visually. Mm. And um, you know, the real the real test in all of this is at the end, you know, I gotta take this in front of Ivan and say, here's why this works, here's why we wanna do this. And, you know, like you've talked about in the past, the whole reason Athena was created is because Ivan wanted to have control over what was going into his own stuff because he had heard so much BS from other nutrient companies and they were doing different things than they were telling him and he wasn't getting straight shots. So he wants to see, you know, qualitative proof. Um, He wants to get feedback from people like Roach and the village like that you know, hey, this is working. And then I've got to show him data to back up, back it up on the experiment side, as well as now the flower tests better. And then usually the final, um, after we've been through these stages, we scale it up at, at Roach and the Village's location, which is the Cudahy facility that Jungle Boys runs. And um, then we can scale it up into bigger tanks, into things like Netaflex, and we make sure that it doesn't just work in hand dosing and dosatrons. We make sure that it runs through Netaflex because it's not our first word. It would been all through this. And if you come out with this stuff without running it through every type of system, without every type of scenario, like you're just going to release problems that you got to correct later. So it's, you know, eight, nine months of going through, you know, first the the smaller growers, then through a side-by-side test with data, then it finally gets scaled up and we do it on a commercial production level. And that's the final stage. Then, then we can say, we have a product. Um, it's made a difference in, you know, all the different levels of growers. And, you know, now it's time to... Yeah, I think the ability to test at scale... Um, over 800 lights through complex irrigation systems, w- especially with rock wool. Rock wool is a lot less forgiving than soil or cocoa. And so if you're going to have a problem in the root zone, it's going to be with rock wool, you yeah. know, a flux or, or anything like that. And I think that's what makes the team so strong is, is that foundation of, of, the, of people and growers. Yeah, and I, I mean, in the end, like we'll know we have something when when I have you know the Jungle Boys calling me like hey when can I get more of that like hey we're gonna be out of that soon when's the next batch of that coming like that's when we know like the whole fade thing um, once we you know pushed it out to some of our 
you know, partners in a, in like influencers in, in an R and D form, like it, it became like, well, I need that now every week. I'm like, it's not a thing yet. Like I can't, I can't deliver it like yet. Yeah. It, you know? it definitely became a problem. <laughs> <You know? laughs> you know? that, that's how, you know, when you're definitely making a, a significant impact is I'm getting calls nonstop. Like, bro, you cannot let me grow without this. Like, please get it to me No, yeah. Like I need this. Yeah. And so we kept having to go back and manufacture more, manufacture more. Yeah. I'm and people calling stop him. calling Brandon and asking him for favors because he can call me and, and then he steals all my stuff that I'm trying to do research on. I jack so all your he, he jacks all my R and D product <laughs> and sends it out. But, but no, that's, that's the core of what we do. It's gotta be, it's, it's gotta come from the grower. And then it's like, really there's, this is a cynical bunch, man. Like they've, They've had so much crap handed to them over the years being a grower with so many, so many false promises. Like, like it won't get through this group of people if it, if it doesn't make a real difference, like it it just won't. And then, and then I'll be in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. You also deal with, um, quality control and monitor inputs Mm -hmm. because inputs, inputs are, I mean, it's everything. Right. The quality of the inputs are, are all, are all salts created equal? No, they're not all created equal. And there's a direct correlation between like price and quality. And in certain instances, the, the main thing that most people in a, in a, in sourcing the inputs, you know, they're going to source that one grade that, that is acceptable, which is, you know, solution grade, greenhouse grade, you know, water soluble fertilizers, which are all really high percentage and fairly clean, but they're not all created equal. And so what we do is we specify even down to each brands. And even in some brands, we specify that we only buy the stuff that comes from the West coast, like uh, calcium nitrate, for instance, same brand. It's a different product on the East coast than it is on the West coast. I, we only put large prill calcium nitrate in, in Athena Proline because I know it's more consistent, it's cleaner, it's a premium. We'll pay, you know, probably 10% more for, for that input because it's better. And we specify that only that one can be used. And that's a trick because, you know, it's, it's a trick to really source only one certain kind because there is a lot of leeway on the, on the manufacturer side. Like, you know, if they show up and they produce 90% clean material, like it passes. Other other ingredients um, like magnesium sulfate, if you don't use the correct brand of that, you're going to be highly susceptible to more sediment problems. Um, there's different pH ranges for different ingredients too that are the same comp- chemical composition, but a pH may be slightly different. So all this goes into a really regimented list of things that we're allowed to put in. They're sourced from all over the world, Belgium, the Netherlands, Germany, Chile. Um, some of them are sourced here in the United States, um, but various sources, but really specific sources. And those are QC'd every time before they even go into the product. What is uh, your, you and Chris Duran's interaction with quality control and inputs? Do you guys work closely together? Yeah, we work real closely together. Like his, his knowledge um, from his experience at UC Davis and 
all the years of making many different types of fertilizers and fertilizer blends, he had to source all of those. So a lot of that knowledge of the specific ingredients by the specific manufacturers, where they're sourced, like uh, I rely on him to, to provide that to me. And then the really specific chemical reactions and like, he's, he's nuts. Like, like I, I'll say, you know, well, what's the new ratio if we're changing calcium chloride to calcium nitrate? He knows that calcium chloride has 83% more calcium than calcium nitrate and can convert it. So it's, it's really cool for me to be able to work with somebody with that, that much experience. But, but basically I come to him with the idea of, Hey, we're trying to do this product. The growers want this. What are our options? And then he and I go through the options of different ways. Cause there's many different ways to get to certain formulas. You know, you can use different kinds of inputs. Some will be more stable. Um, <clears throat> the supply chain now, because you're talking about the su- sourcing stuff, that all has to be considered too. Because I know, oh, well, if I'm going to sell this product, it probably sells, you know, 20% as much as our core product. Um, so I need to be able to source 20% of whatever we source core. And then I have a number and I can say, is this available? Can we get it here timely and know that I'll have supply of it? And Chris and I will work on the supply chain, the formula, and we'll map out all of that. And then we'll say, okay, this product can be made. Then Chris Duran formulates a research and development version of that product. We'll say, okay, this is our, for our fade product because it was one of the most recent ones. Okay, this is what we're going to do, you know. And then, then we have to figure out things like, is it a powder? Is it a liquid? How are we going to deliver this? What's the safest way? Um, how will growers be able to execute this without mistakes is a big one. And a lot of that's where mine and Alex's experience on the SOP side and what we're bringing as the SOP. So, you know, it starts with Chris Duran and I deciding, can we make this? Can we source it? How are we going to deliver it? And then we make it. And, and I've then s- I've seen uh, some fertilizer lines um, in the hydroponic cannabis industry that are using urea. Like, what, I've talked to Chris extensively about it. Why did they decide to put urea in their fertilizer? Um, it's cheaper. Is that's that's really the only reason I could think of. It has no place in in hydroponics. Um, specifically, I mean, particularly with with Grodan, you know, at least with cocoa, you have some buffering capacity because things like urea, you can you can feed it in soil with with less problems. But the big thing that everybody it's like the main problem that everybody was always afraid of during the bro science days was burning your plants. Like, don't you remember from the days? Yeah, like, absolutely. oh, you'll burn your plants or burn your plants. Don't feed too much. It's because they were th- feeding things with urea, things also with high ammonium content um, can burn your plants. And that's that's the, the long and short of it without a Chris Duran detailed chemical explanation, um, you know, which I usually defer to him on. But, but um, you know, it'll, it'll burn your plants. It's cheaper is the only reason anybody would put it in. It's easier to source. It's everywhere. Is that why you think when we're communicating on our platforms and saying, hey, you know, feed a three EC, you can stack up to an eight, you know, higher EC in the media and these plants are taking it and they're thriving and they're blowing up yes. on our side, but you tell a, an older cultivator that was, you know, yeah. came from garages, basically. The legacy and, grower. The legacy yeah. grower. Yeah. And they tell you you're crazy. 
Yeah. And that's because of their experience, you know, but you, you talk to anybody that has a tomato growing or pepper growing background like I do. And, and, and we go, that's, that's just misinformation because of what these people went through by using the wrong material. Like, yeah, you push EC with urea, high ammonium content, you're burning your plants every time. And every one of those legacy growers will tell you they told you so. Um, but if you push clean ingredients and more nitrate, um, I've pushed plants. I mean, I've pushed stuff crazy. I don't want to give numbers really even, um, but like fed six, eight EC and had plants be fine as long as they don't dry down. I've also done that and dried them down too hard when, when you have high EC in the root zone and that's the, you know, the, the killer combination of frying a plant. But if any of that's more exacerbated, if you have high ammonium and urea in, in your formulas, like, um, you know, a little bit of ammonium is okay for pH stability, but, but there is a little bit of ammonium and calcium nitrate, like trace amounts anyway that, that handle all of that. You know, you don't need to add, yeah, you don't need to add any more, you know. You were talking about buffering capacity, rock wool to cocoa. Yeah. And I'm sure buffering capacity from cocoa to soil Mm -hmm. is a lot greater in soil. Yeah. Now, is these fertilizers like urea and, and um, mixes for soil mainly or yeah. field crops? Yeah, you can, you can put urea in a field and it's not a problem. Why, why is it just the buffering? Capacity? Yeah, it's the buffering capacity. You know, the, the soil can buffer it. So do you think that some of these formulators that are making products with urea come from more of large-scale yeah. ag field crop production? Yeah, but I think a lot of it might be, too, that they either had it in stock or they had that had it readily available. Um, it you know, It's cheap. I think that's the, the main reason, especially now over the last you know couple of years with inflation and supply chain crisis. You've had a ton of, of price increases um, and, um, you know, the, your input cost going up is is drama for a for a producer, and so so what I've seen is I've seen you, and I don't know if the growers can give some of the same feedback, but like I've seen more more things like you know people taking shortcuts on on their on their inputs and getting more sediment, more you know more problems, and and that's and that's you know. Uh, an effect of that. You know, they're trying to save costs. You know, everybody's margins are getting cramped and they'll go to a cheaper material. Um, you know, and, and anytime I've found a material that, oh, you know, yeah, sure. It's this, it's clean. And, oh, it's, it's, it's 20% cheaper than everything else. Like it turns out that's the dirty material, you know? So I can't, I can't make any other conclusion that like all of it's for price and that, most of these people know and, uh, and they're knowingly just trying to, to cut corners. And, you know, when you're selling a, you know, a couple thousand dollar bag of product, like you, you can't cut corners. You, you can't do it. Yeah. You can't for well, tomatoes and, and field crops. I yeah. mean, go ahead, use a cheaper input, $50 bag, $50, $25 or, you know, 25 pound bag of fertilizer, go for it use it on your field crops. Yeah. But when you're talking about high value, you know, indoor or greenhouse cultivation or cannabis cultivation in general. It's such a high value crop. Yeah. Why would you cut corners? Why would you try to save $30, $40 on a bag of fertilizer when the inputs are, you get the, a gram per square foot. 
increase. We'll pay for that fertilizer. Yeah. A few times. Yeah. Many times. <laughs> One gram per square foot. Yeah. And that's, I mean, a little bit of that comes from the, you know, the, the beginning, they were, they were counting on that too much when packs were, you know, $6,000, like, yeah, whatever, spend an extra $50, $100 a, a, an ounce, like nobody cared, but this is a competitive cannabis market now. Like every chance you have, you, you have to be trying to save money, but you can't at any point let that, um, like get rid of that chase for the best product only and having the best input because that's the best margin back to you. Like a, a good product, it helps your brand if you're a cultivator and it helps your your wallet because you're gonna have, you know, higher price bags that you sell. Like give away thirty dollars to to not make an extra, you know, multiple thousand. No. Yeah, five or ten years ago when we had the two dollar up to two dollars per mixed gallon. You know, some nutrient fertilizer liquid lines were two dollars a mixed gallon. You know, average was, you know, dollar twenty a mixed gallon. Mm-hmm. You know, on average on these liquid nutrients. And that's not concentrate. That's mixed into the tank at that's, that. Yeah, that, that was in, like tw- that, how much was was some of those gallons? Like eighty dollars. The most expensive nutrient line on the market. I'm not going to say any names. Is two dollars a mixed gallon? Okay. Yeah. You know, second most expensive is like a dollar sixty seven. Mm-hmm. And then average cost per mixed gallon mixed in feed fertilizer in the cannabis industry five, 10 years ago is about a dollar, dollar, dollar 10 is, is average. Um, and when you're going from $2 to Athena Pro line, which is about 18 cents yeah, to per mixed gallon, well, that's you're going to significantly impact your bottom line. But when you take a $100 bag of ProLine or, and you have a $80 bag of another 25-pound fertilizer, you're talking about pennies. It's yeah. literally pennies. And that's why we spend so much time and energy on buying the best quality inputs. Yeah, you might spend $20 more a bag, but what you're getting is significantly negatively impacting the the overall growth. Yeah. And then pairing the SOPs with it, like you're getting all that experience in that same bag too. You know what I mean? You're yeah. getting you're getting, you know, all of the technique that's gonna help you, you know, achieve that. And that's kinda where I think that we've, you know, stood apart and led in that, like where we need to, you know, if you're using our fertilizer, like get on the phone with us if you have questions. You know, we have facility advisors, we have customer service line, like, like we'll help you work through it. And, and, and from a side of people that have, that have, um, that have done it for years and we're not just trying to sell you anything but success in your grow. When you run, Alex, when you ran R and D trials, how many products did we work on in 2022? How many, how many R and D trial products did you work on? A little more than a dozen, I'd say. How many of those products did we release? None. <laughs> one. Maybe one that we did, a fade. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's crazy to to do that much work, right? Because you're, you're full-time R&D. That's all you do. Yeah. So when you're full-time R&D and you're taking all these data points and then we're running trials, running trials, and you're using these products that people are selling, people are buying, 
and then you're not seeing any exactly si- any significant increase in the garden mm-hmm. THC internode spacing thickness. Yeah, I'm over there measuring hundreds of plants at a time, spending like 10 hours a day with the Jungle Boys, just measuring internodal spacing, girth, like how how wide it gets, how tall it gets on every plant and then on all the same strains. And I'm just in there. And then at the end of the day, I come and show the charts. I'm yeah. like, there's no difference between them. And then them we all. compile all the data <laughs> and it's just like... All the yeah. all the lines are the same, and and like, and I remember I don't remember who asked, but they're like, "What's control? What is this control product like? It looks like the best." And I was like, "No, <laughs> control means nothing. <laughs> like <laughs> that one, we did nothing to, and and see, that's that's the issue, and and you know." it comes down to like wasting labor at that point. If you're not going to see, like, you not only need to see a difference, you need to see a significant difference where it's not worth, especially like a foliar product where that was like foliar, like you, you're putting labor into it. You're sending, you know, two, three guys in there to spray a room, you know, multiple fills of a spraying rig. Like that's, that's time and effort. It's also risk foliar. Like you could leave the lights on, burn some plants, like, like you're, you're putting a lot. So anything you do in a garden, it has to make a quantifiable difference or you just should eliminate it. And that's like what you've seen with like eliminating bottles, eliminating inputs, like, and you know, you've heard Ivan saying it as, as they took away more, they did better. And, yeah. and that's what can be shocking, you know, less, less can be more, maybe not less potassium, but less bottles to get to the same potassium number, you know, equals less work equals less labor cost equals more efficiency, more time in the canopy which is in the end what matters, like spending that time in the garden, in the canopy, you're going to notice more. You're going to, you know, if you're over here freaking with your fertilizer injector all the time and messing with all this and pouring bottles and making reses, like that's just time you're not spending in the garden where it's going to make a difference. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, the team here, we cut through all the misinformation and we keep, cutting through it and cutting through it and getting down to the real data on what we see. And that's, it's a lot of fun to be a part of the team and just watch it progress and get better and better. Keeping it fully objective when I go in there, just like running blind trials, if anything, I was like, all right, Henry, tell me, you name them off and I'm going to go in there, spray, measure them on. At the end of the day, yeah. I'll come back and you tell me what I sprayed. Yeah, because so. I mean, we, we try to eliminate bias like as much as we can because everyone's going to have an opinion or, or something, even if it's subconscious. So if we can, we'll even, we'll just call it formula number one, formula number two, or some of them have a serial number and we won't even know. Only one person, I think we had Taylor for marketing. She was the only one that knew when we were doing a trial. And at the end, we finally, you know, had to go to Taylor and say, okay, which one was which, you know, it's that kind of like pulling yourself back away from it that, that will get you real data. Um, you know, because everybody, you know, falls victim to it. Like we've been told that this works for so long, you know, um, and that we're, we're certain that that's the fact. And, you know, from, from all of our experience and growing, we know that's not the truth. Like you, and, and that's why you're, you're, you even challenged me a lot to like, to break the mold, to say, Hey, like, I know like 
like, like um, you know, sulfur reacts with oil, like that's one. Um, let's figure out how long it takes for, for that to happen. Can we create something that's a product that doesn't do that? Like these are things that you have to like challenge every preconceived notion that has been given to you all the time and try new things anyway. Like just keep pushing to, to try these new things. Like he said, 12 products, like we got one out of it or zero. And, and of the products that people have given us here, try our new next thing. Like half of them, I couldn't even get our growers to use it. They were like, nah, I'm not freaking doing that. And you know, that's not going to be a product. Like we, we, we get through to the point where we've just stopped taking like products from, from people on the outside. If we don't already, you know, know that there's, there's something behind it, some kind of data that, that proves it. And I'm asking people to prove, like to show me this, some kind of process that we go through. I want to see that from somebody else before I even bother, you know, um, yeah. it's, 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 it's a process, not an event. <laughs> yeah. I think for 2023 moving forward, I don't know if you guys know this, but secretly we've been, uh, working behind the scenes with, uh, Bruce Bugby mm-hmm. and, he, you know, with, when we were running Lux Lighting and we sponsored Bruce by one of his uh, greenhouses with the new 200 watt red ADR spectrum, which he kind of, you know, guide us into producing for Lux. Now, you know, spending some time over there, I didn't realize how deep he was into nutrient fertile, you know, fertilizer ratios, EC stacking, irrigation strategy on cannabis. Yeah, they, they're, they're deep and they do real, real plant research. Um, and so it's, it's super exciting. I mean, there's, there's everybody here is, you know, been a a weed geek for a long time, but I'm an ag geek and I, I get to work with Bruce. Um, like I really understand what that kind of experience and his, his like scientific background can bring to our research. So, so like to be able to work with him and to partner with him on projects is going to be like my mind's blown that, yeah. that I get to work with a guy like that. So, so it's really cool for me. I think it's one thing like, look, we, we know what we know and we run our trials and we get our data, but we're not the end all be all right. It's, it's just what we see having working side by side with University of Utah and Bruce Bugby on cannabis trials and having him validate what we're seeing in the garden and then seeing what he sees and then validate it back to us and work on projects together as we're, you know, we're working on more of the cannabis side. He's working still on, on cannabis, but lower THC, same plant. So we're able to take the research and share with each other and, and overall get better data and have somebody, you know, like Bruce Bugby kind of bring validity to what we're doing. Yeah. And, and it, their whole process really does bring validity because, you know, our process is a, is a bare bones 
functional research and but there's a whole different level of research that you need to do when you're going to like come out and like for product registration and if for instance like if you're going to make a claim that this happens like it needs to be research that's done in a scientific lab so that's where Bruce can come in and and it, it not only adds validity because of his reputation and their reputation it adds actual validity because they're a lab that can do a a real study um that, that we can then publish and use to get the product registered and make those claims. Because there's a difference in making claims like, yeah, bro, that does this. And coming out and putting it on a label for registration, like that's why we do need an outside lab to, to verify um, what we're saying. Yeah. No, I think um, for 23, it's going to be huge for you guys, for Chris Duran, for the, the Athena team. And I think most of all, it's going to be the biggest is cutting through the misinformation. You yeah. Know? Like us and Bruce and the team just cutting through all the misinformation and putting it on a platform that people can access. You know, yeah. the, the normal people can access the at home grower, the large commercial facility can come see like this is real, like back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like that, the whole SOP side, that's what that's for is we're, we're, we're bringing that out to everybody and, and, um, you know, gearing it towards everybody from the guy at home, you know, on up to like that guy sees a Netflix dosing chart and says, what's that? But someone that's, you know, a high end cultivator at a big MSO is like, oh my gosh, like I have all my Netflix settings already. Like, so we're bringing it to this wide range of growers, but we kind of, tailor it in the middle so everybody can get it. And then we have levels of service that we can bring to behind that. Um, if you want to, you know, whatever level you want to take up, you want to get on the phone and talk dry downs with, with Max Brit, like, you know, you can get as detailed as you want. Or if you just be like, uh, dude, I poured the core in the bloom and, <laughs> and now it looks like cottage cheese. What do I do? <laughs> like, you know, the, yeah, there's yeah. a, there's a wide range of, of like, of help we can provide, uh, you know, we're generally shooting down the middle, but you know, we, we, we can, we've done all of that. (laughs) Believe me. Yeah. Well guys, 2023 is going to be exciting. I appreciate all your hard work. I know what you do. Alex is very, you know, diligent and it takes time and doing a lot of the same. Couldn't do it without (laughs) this kid. I can't say enough about uh, Alex and just everybody here, you know, you do a good job of like picking people that are already killer and then sort of demanding that they get better, yeah, you know, yeah. like the process and, and like of, of what I've been going through since I worked here, like it's made me sort of, you know, search internally to get better, like be a better version of Henry and, and like everybody could learn a lot from that. Yeah. Know? That's yeah. awesome. Always in pursuit isn't just a mantra for Athenians, it's just for everybody. Yeah, it's every, everybody here lives it. Have. Everybody yeah. here lives it or they don't keep up. Yeah, no. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. All right. Yeah, Thank of you. Course.